0: Hello everyone, I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I am a proven leader with over 23 years of diverse experience. Experience designing, delivering, and supporting software and technology projects. I believe in giving back to my community, and I enjoy networking and helping to grow Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Creatively, you will find me pursuing my passions of photography, podcasting, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. In this episode, I have a conversation with Jennifer Morrison. Let's get right to the chat. Hey everybody, welcome to the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast. Uh, My special guest today is Jennifer Morrison. Uh, Jennifer is a learning catalyst or is the learning catalyst for Inception U. Jennifer, thanks for joining me. Hi, Al. Uh, So let's start out as I always do and let's learn a little bit about Jen. Who's Jen? Tell us who you are and how you got to where you are today.
1: Well, as I was prepping for this podcast, I had listened to a few previous episodes and I knew this question was coming. So I think what I would love to share is that um, I was actually born overseas. So I was born in Spain uh, because my parents at the time, my dad uh, worked for Halliburton for a long period of time and was working in Saudi and uh, they chose my, my mom and dad chose to go on a bit of an adventure and live in Spain for a few years and so I was born there, uh, but we moved back to Canada when I was about four and, uh, I grew up on an acreage just west of Red Deer. And so I feel like my upbringing was large in part, uh, really based in exploration and freedom living on an acreage. You have a lot of space. I love to ride my bike and explore. And, you know, my dad's side of the family has, uh, quite a large farming operation west of Red Deer as well. So, um, as a kid, just a lot of time outside and a lot of time with family, and um, yeah, I, I I think that exploring has always been a big part of of who I am. So as a kid, I would say that was <laughs> that was a big part of of sort of my upbringing and and how I came to be who I am now today.
0: you And so, how did your um, like your education path and then your your job path kind of lead you to the the adult education arena that you're in right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in high school, I actually, uh, I was working at London Drugs and started as a cashier there and um, sort of morphed into uh, working in the pharmacy, which I really loved. And I loved interacting with people and helping people. And I think that I've always had this sense of relationships being a really important part of who I am, but also learning and helping people. And so I think the natural inclination of me being an educator or a teacher was always sort of there. Uh, So after I graduated high school, I actually went into pharmacy because I I loved what I was doing at London Drugs. It was really fun. But then I realized you have to be really good at chemistry (laughs) to be a pharmacist. And uh, that was a big struggle for me. So I ended up uh, pivoting into um, education. So I finished two years of my college there and uh, that particular summer, I um, went and lived with my aunt in Vancouver and uh, fell in love with the coast. And I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate to that. So I ended up taking a couple of years off and then went back to school uh, to finish my... In, in British Columbia, it's a little bit different. At least it was at the time. Had, you had to do like a, a degree prior to going into your education degree. So I ended up doing a history degree at University of Victoria And then I did my Bachelor of Education with a focus on the middle years uh, at the University of British Columbia. So um, after that, um, I mean, my 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 professional experience has been one of an adventure and always exploring, as I sort of referenced as a kid. I did go into teaching, um, but then took some time off of that and uh, worked for Lululemon for a period of time, which was also really fun. And I did some traveling as well. But after I came back from overseas, I did, I did settle into a bit of a rhythm with teaching and, and started, um, you know, teaching a variety of things, mostly humanities in the middle, middle school and high school kind of areas. And then a few years back, I was teaching at a middle school in Red Deer. And uh, my principal at the time, his name was Graham Daniel. He had encouraged me to start exploring the world of project-based learning. And so he sent me down with a couple of my colleagues to San Diego uh, to a place called High Tech High, which is a a charter school network. But they also have this really amazing part of their organization that is involved with adult learning and education and training. Um, And when I was down there, I realized, I don't know, I just felt like I could breathe. I felt like I could breathe a little bit. Uh, and explore the things that I was really curious about in education. So that experience really prompted me to follow up and and apply to do my master's in school leadership. So the following year, I moved to San Diego and uh, ended up doing my master's down there. And that was a really incredible time because, as I said, I was able to explore questions I had in education, what, you know, about learning and, you know... What does that look like what's what is effective you know um and uh, and so that time i it, it was fun i got to work with a lot of adults especially because there were so many people from around the world that were coming to san diego to high tech high to to learn um and that was my first sort of dabble in the world of adult learning and education and then you know after i after i you know finished my my master's i did teach for a short period of time in san diego and then ended up coming back to Canada, uh, taught at another school in um, in Vancouver, St. George's. It's a, it's a private boys school, which was also a pretty cool experience. Uh, and then uh, in late 2019, I moved to Calgary. And so how I ended up in the world of adult learning was very unexpected, to be honest. When I moved to Calgary, uh, I knew I wanted to try something different outside of k-12 education and outside of the system of education but I didn't really know what that looked like and so I, I just started exploring the the tech and innovation ecosystem here in calgary and that was large in part because I felt drawn to it I felt to I felt drawn to this world of people that were thinking differently and trying new ideas and exploring and so the rainforest was actually a really big part of me making some really important connections, uh, which one of those was you. You were one of the first people that I met. Um, and, uh, you know, from a, a series of different introductions and meeting different people, uh, came to meet Margot Purcell with Inception U. And, and you know, long story short, now I get to work at this incredible organization and with a variety of people from a variety of backgrounds. And uh, my work is really diverse, but it's really fun because I get to design learning experiences, uh, for people who are reskilling or pivoting their careers and diving into something new. So it's kind of a long winded answer, but, uh, uh, yeah, that's sort of how I found my, my way, uh, to what I'm doing today.
0: That's so cool. What an interesting path. And, and that, uh, that sort of theme of exploration right through from a kid on her bicycle, riding around the acreage to, to today, you're still exploring. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Um, We should probably mention a little bit about Inception U. You kind of touched on it at the very end there, but can you tell us what is Inception U?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Inception U was co-founded by three incredible people and people who I'm fortunate to call friends and colleagues and mentors, uh, Greg Hart, uh, Margot Purcell, and Jill Langer. And my understanding of how they uh, founded Inception U is that they wanted to create a space where people could explore their thinking, they could explore questions around critical thinking um, and really just do learning differently. And so uh, Inception U is the, the nonprofit organization and then the the specific program that I'm working quite closely with right now is Evolve U, which is a full stack developer program. Uh, so Inception U is really focused on uh, education and learning and creating opportunities for really anybody anybody, you know, beyond, beyond high school age to um, really dive into how do they think, how do they learn? And then ultimately it's about preparing ourselves for an uncertain future. And as many of us are experiencing, particularly in Alberta, uh, that's really important to do. And we have to set ourselves up for success, um, especially if we're going to pivot the economy and, and uh, you know, shift things um, from how they are in Alberta in the last couple of years to, to something a little bit different. So so ultimately it's about preparing for an uncertain future and uh, we're playing around with a lot of ideas on how to how to do that effectively.
0: That's so cool. Um, I re- I want to dive into this project-based learning concept. Um, I'm not sure if if everybody on who's listening to this knows exactly what that is or what that means cuz traditionally learning is they teach you this this is how you do something. And then here's a little exercise, go do it and then come back and then we're going to dive a little bit deeper. And this is a little bit more about maybe switching it to a totally different topic or something. And then Mm -hmm. here's some exercises and then go play around with that and then come back and then we're going to teach you some more stuff. But project-based learning is very different. Can you touch on how that like what that's all about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Project-based learning is, is different than what the name actually, or what you would assume the name actually means, right? Um, because many of us, so I'll be 40 in April, and the reason I bring up my age is that uh, my experience in school was very, it was quite linear, you know, you learn the content and then you write a test or you learn the information and then you do a project. But for, for project-based learning, and, it, and that's really starting to take hold, I would say, in the education world within the last 10 years... But it's very different. Uh, It's sort of a, I want you to imagine a shape. Like learning that I experienced as a kid going through school was very linear. So, like I said, you learn content and then you do a project or you write an exam. Uh, Project based learning is immersive. I want you to imagine a circle. So, it's not that you learn one thing before you have to learn something else in order to accomplish something. It's really this holistic approach where Uh, you have an experience or a a chance to ask real world questions about something that you personally care about and explore that and learn by doing. So, you know, in the context of, you know, the Evolve You program, what we're really trying to do is create space for our learners to ask questions uh, that they care about or explore areas of need that they've identified, whether it's in the community or, or global situation or global circumstances. And um, create something based off of that question. So project-based learning, it's really exciting and uh, and really fun because you're you're doing something that has purpose and that will live on. However, it can be messy. You know, there's times where you, you'll experience significant challenge and uh, frustration. but that's the point, right? I mean, the point of going through those times and working in team and learning collaboratively is that you learn to navigate those, those times in those situations. So project-based learning is meant to be real and authentic. You know, we don't want people learning something in isolation and, you know, with Evolve View, what we're trying to help people experience is real work, you know, real life experiences so that they can hit the ground running uh, once they're done learning with us in the program. So it's definitely it's a different way of learning and it it really involves uh, the mindset of being open and willing and, uh, willing to experience times where something might not work out or your idea maybe might fall flat on your face, but, uh, but it really does, um, provide some really unique opportunities to learn in ways that you wouldn't, if it was a linear approach, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so I guess in my mind, you're, you're, you're coming in and instead of learning how to do software development and then creating a project mm-hmm. you're coming up with a project and then starting it and like diving in and figuring out how to build that project and learning what you need to know in order to build that project yeah and through that process you learn like it, it's cemented in better and you learn faster and easier because you're you're actually trying to solve a problem and figure something out rather than just you know, academically learning something and then going back later and going, okay, how do I apply this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: that's really cool. That's really, really super cool.
1: Yeah. And a part of that as well is that with project-based learning, it really encourages people when it's designed effectively, it encourages people to start before they're ready. And I think for a lot of us, that can be a fear that can get in the way of us being able to uh, move forward in our careers or, you know, there's this sense of hesitation but when project-based learning is designed properly you just dive in you know and and you're working in team and you're learning collaboratively and and you're working on something that you care about I mean I know we've all had experiences in school where you know the, the teacher or, or whoever designed a project that we were supposed to do but there was probably a good portion of kids that maybe didn't deeply care about that project or question themselves and so what we want to try to do is make sure that, the learning is meaningful for the audience or the learners that are are doing that work. So yeah, it's 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 definitely different. You have to be sort of willing to bend and flex. But I do think ultimately project based learning sets people up for success down the road because you're experiencing uncertainty, you're navigating challenge, you're working collaboratively, and you're working on something that is meaningful to you. And um, and I think that. That ultimately sets people up for success and, and, you know, being able to adapt and flex down the road in whatever path they take.
0: Cool. And you, you were talking a little bit earlier about relationships and, um, uh, and sort of, uh, the, the other parts of being successful in the world. Can you touch a bit on, on that? Like the importance of building relationships?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Alan, well, <laughs> you know this about um, us working together, but Alan and I are both really passionate about networking, but networking where it's sort of is meant to coming from the place of building meaningful connections with others, and so relationships, at least in my career, when I think about the experiences that I've had and um, the things that I've been able to do and explore and accomplish, were large in part influenced by the. The relationships that I had and people really seeing and understanding who I am, and vice versa. And so, for me, I'm a natural community builder, and relationships is something that is something I just love. I love connecting with people. However, I'll just use the example of when I moved to Calgary. Like, part of the reason I moved to Calgary, I mean, I grew up in Alberta, but I'd lived on the West Coast for quite a period of time. And uh, when I left San Diego and and came back to uh, Vancouver, Um, the cost of living was very different than what I'd experienced previously. And as a single income household, I knew that in order to achieve my long-term goals of paying, paying down my master's and, you know, just being in a better place financially, I needed to make a shift. And so Calgary made a lot of sense to me because my sister had a baby um, the year prior. And I don't know, I just wanted to be closer to my family. So um, I knew Calgary was where I wanted to settle. And as I referenced earlier, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do career-wise, but I knew uh, I knew how I wanted to feel. So um, I'm just going to reference um, the work of Danielle Laporte and uh, her book, The Desire Map. That was a really big influence on me to sort of uh, pull the blinders back that I had on myself of what was possible, right? So um, and, and the types of things that I could explore. So when I settled in Calgary and was asking myself this question of like, well, what do I want to do? I remember that it's not about ultimately the thing, it's about how do you want to feel, Jen. So that really helped me kind of relax a little bit and putting the pressure on myself of what what that job needed to look like. So I just went into exploring, you know, opportunities in Calgary with with the mindset of my core desired feelings, which were freedom, love, joy, connection, and curiosity. And so having those at the forefront of my thinking really helped me Uh, focus on and build relationships that resonated with those things. And I think ultimately, you know, going to the rainforest and connecting with people and talking with people, I was very clear of when I was in those conversations, if something felt really good, and I wanted to continue to get to know that person, or if it didn't. And it's been really neat to see how that helped me find my way to the team that I work with now. And, uh, and building those relationships and really paying attention to how I was feeling in the process, I think, was the compass that helped me find my way in uh, in an authentic and and purposeful way for me. And it didn't have to be defined by what anybody else wanted. So in terms of building relationships, you know, I met you and you were so lovely. And I was like, that was really great. I love talking to him. And then I met some other people for, through the rainforest to introduce me to some other people, and uh, you know when I met Margot, you know it was supposed to be an hour long coffee meeting, and I didn't know. I mean, I had no idea if they were hiring or whatever. I was just more focused on like, wow, Margot's really great. I really connect with her, and we have a lot in common. And um, after a three hour conversation, and then two days passed, I got a job offer. So it was very unexpected. I didn't. I didn't go into any of those connections or relationships necessarily focused on finding a job. I just was focused on connecting people that I resonated with. And it's been really amazing how that in and of itself created the opportunities.
0: I'm so happy that you told that story because I really believe, as you know, deeply about networking is not a transactional experience. You're not, you don't go to a networking event. You shouldn't go to a networking event and expect something to happen. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't go there and say, well, I need a job. So I'm going to go to this networking event and ask everybody there for a job. It's not how networking really works. Um, it's about building relationships. And you just literally mm-hmm. outlined exactly a real life experience story of how that works. And and I also love how you were talking about uh, your core feelings and 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 following that as your compass, because you know what, you can't go through life being led by money or being led by a job title, because that's not necessarily where you're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. You're going to be happy when those core feelings are fulfilled and you're around people Mm -hmm. uh, that share those ideals and you're doing work that fulfills you and makes you feel happy and and comfortable. So if you focus, and, and this is a great message to anybody out there who's either in a job that they're not happy with, or they're looking for work, or they're looking to pivot their career, Mm -hmm. just focus on the things that have meaning and value in your heart and focus on your feelings. And just Say, does this does this resonate with me? And if it does, then dive in. If it doesn't, then move on. Yeah, Uh, that's. I love that you that told that story. That's fantastic.
1: Can I? I want to mention one more thing too. I think (laughs) um, for a lot of people, and I can I can relate to this because I come from the world of education, right? So, as an educator, when you graduate university, you're like, okay, I'm going to go into teaching, right? Which is what you've been trained to do. And I think the for me, going into that world, um, I hadn't really ever considered anything outside of like that particular role. And, you know, like as a, as a teacher, you go through a couple of years and then with many school districts, you can accomplish something called a permanent contract, which means you're set you're like you're, you're permanently employed with that district. And while that did, of course, provide some semblance of safety and security. For me, there was just something that didn't feel write about it. It didn't mean that the work wasn't valuable and that I didn't love my colleagues. There was just this like urge that I had to explore something a little bit different. And I didn't know what that was. So I just want to speak to like the, this sort of sense of security that people can get stuck in where like, well, I have X, Y, or Z here. I have financial security with this. But for me, that feeling of, I still want to explore something different. I don't know what that is. I'm really happy that I followed that. And so I think that sometimes our our fear can get in the way of us being willing to explore other possibilities that might bring a lot more happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction. Um, now, I know it's easy to say that in hindsight, but I'm really grateful that I had the professional experience that I did in you know K-12 school systems and the work that I did in San Diego and then the work that I did in Vancouver. But I do feel that when I moved to Calgary and just approached it with the mindset of, you know what, I'm going to focus on what resonates with me, what feels good, and I'm I'm not going to worry about how how anybody else thinks I should do this. The shoulds can really get in our way as well. Well, you should do this or you should do that. But I'm grateful that I, in in a way, had the courage to just listen to my gut and my intuition, and that ultimately. Helped me meet the people that I really connected with, like genuinely connected with and opportunities came from that. So I just wanted to sort of touch on that, that idea that a lot of us can get stuck in of safety and security in a particular role. But are you happy? Yeah. And so I don't know. And if you are, that's awesome. But for me, I just I knew that I needed to explore something different. And so trusting my gut was really um what helped, what helped open doors that I would have never thought were possible.
0: That's fantastic advice. Well, that's great, Jen. I I feel like I know you even better than I already did. That's, that was a great experience for me. Is there anything else that you want to uh, discuss about?
1: Yeah, I, I, this is more of a a personal thing. um, But um, this week is actually concussion awareness week. And um, I wanted to share my experience with concussions and how that's impacted me. And Um, it's a big part of my story as well. Um, so I hope that's okay. that I'm going to talk about it, but it's funny. It's funny that you were talking about riding my bike on the acreage as a kid. And like, yes, I, I have this sense of, um, you know, freedom and exploration. I've always had that in, in, you know, in my soul. And so in San Diego, you know, I, I worked really hard to create the opportunities that I did for myself down there. And what's ironic is that, um, you know, I'd gotten back into cycling when I was down there and went for a ride one day. And uh, it was—I was only about ten minutes into my ride, and um, you know, I was in a, a quite a bad accident uh, on my bike. Where um, at the time I didn't understand that it was a concussion. I just—I'd been thrown off my bike. It was quite injured, and uh, but nothing was broken. So in my brain, I'm like, I don't think I need to go to the hospital. I'm okay. But um, as it turns out, I'd suffered a really severe concussion from that accident, but I didn't know that at the time. And so, you know, the years, the school year started in September and when I went to work and, you know, progressively over the weeks, I was just really starting to struggle. I was struggling with um, being able to think clearly. I was struggling with my energy. I was really struggling with sound and noise. And it eventually got to the point where I couldn't I couldn't process thought out. Like I, and so I, I took some time off of work and then during that time I was in a car accident. So, and in that car accident, I suffered another concussion. Oh boy! So the reason I wanted to bring this up is, you know, an old, uh, an old student of mine, Laura McTaggart had posted on her Instagram yesterday about her experience as a collegiate volleyball player and suffering a concussion. And it just reminded me of, um, Of how uh, concussions can really impact us in ways that we don't expect, and so for me, my concussions led to me having to completely pivot and return to Canada from you know a situation and circumstance in San Diego that I was really happy with, Um, but the lingering effects of uh, the concussion, the depression, and the post-concussion symptoms uh, was something that went on for a long period of time for me, and so it's been a few years of healing from that and being able to get back to a place with my thinking and my ability to be around other people and sound and noise. It's been a real journey. But um, I wanted to talk about that because I think that there's a lot of people that go through challenges when they experience concussions, but you can't see it, right? It's one of those things that isn't visible. And so I'm just also really proud of myself for being at the place that I am now with my health. And, you know, with my work, it's It's nice because the last few years have been tough, you know, really, really tough uh, with post-concussion symptoms. So I just wanted to to bring that up as well. So if anybody is navigating that or has experienced, you know, anything along those lines, I can relate. And uh, but everything will eventually will eventually fall back into place.
0: Well, thank you for sharing. That's that's really valuable information. And I think that you know, just the one thing you said that resonated with me is you you didn't have any broken bones, so you figured you were fine. And um, when you look at the human physiology and your brain is just basically floating inside your head <laughs> and it gets, you know, suddenly jarred against the side of your skull, I mean, it can be bruised and that can cause some serious damage to your your neural, neural network and stuff. So, you know, should you fall and bang your head, mm-hmm. even if you don't right away feel, feel bad, go get yourself looked at and make sure that, you know, you're, you're keeping an eye on that kind of a situation. Cause it can be pretty, as you, as you outlined, it can be pretty scary. So thanks for sharing.
1: Yeah. It's really important. I mean, yeah, I wish, I wish I would have under. excuse me, I wish I would have understood it's time. What was actually really going on in my brain. I thought it was just depression. Um, and so I was, you know, approaching it in that way, but looking back and understanding more about it now, I I know what happened. <laughs> so, you know, I, I wish I could reverse time in a sense and um, approach it differently. But, you know, in a way, I'm grateful for all of it. I mean, I think the experiences that I've had, you know, with overcoming the concussions, but also professionally, just being willing to dive into different experiences and learn, I think it's really set me up well to be doing the work that I am right now. And Um, it's exciting. I I thrive on diversity and and doing different things all the time. And so, you know, working with you and the team at Inception and, you know, the other projects that I'm doing, I mean, with Kaizen Education, which is really cool. And, you know, the work with Thin Air and and being involved in that world as well is just learning a lot. And I love it. And uh, yeah, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be in Calgary and to be surrounded by the people that I
0: am right now awesome well Jen thank you so much for joining me today I know it was a little bit of a last minute notice but uh, you know you you helped me out and we've got another show that's gonna be a whole bunch of great useful information for people and I'm so happy that you were able to to come on today
1: well I hope I hope I've shared some valuable things I know um, Al teases me all the time because actually we can al and I can both get on a soapbox and start talking about things that we're passionate about and go on forever but uh, no, I'm I'm grateful that you asked me to be a part of this, Al. And it's also kind of cool, you know, to think about, you know, when I moved to Calgary and you were one of the first people that I met at Rainforest. And it's just neat to think about how things can come full circle. And now you and I get to work together, which is really, really fun. But, um, you know, I want to encourage people like I talked about earlier. I love building connections and relationships and uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So you know, if you're listening to this and anything I've shared has resonated or you want to connect, please do so. And, you know, I'd love to meet all of these uh, amazing people that are that are in the city and the province. You know, I really want to just honor that, you know, Alberta has so much potential. And I know there's a lot of people that are navigating some really tough times. However, um, there's also a lot of exciting work and projects uh that are that are going to shift the economy. And it's really cool to be a part of that. So for anyone listening, continue to reach out and build those connections because you just never know where it will take you.
0: Well said. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jen. Thanks, Al. Okay, well, we'll tune in next week for another show. Uh, And uh, please, if you want to be a host or a guest of the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast, reach out to me at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, All the links uh, that Jen and I talked about will be in the show notes that are hosted where the podcast can be found. That's at basically rainforestab.ca slash podcast. So talk to you next week. Cheers. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the rainforest social contract become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social-barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage. Inspire. Educate. Together. Music for the show was created by Tony Del Deegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.